นะโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมบุทธัสสะนะโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมบุทธัสสะนะโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมบุทธัสสะบุตรังธรรมังสังขังนมัสสามิอ tonight is the uh, full moon of September, just into the uh, beginning of autumn. It was the uh, first frost on the roof. Um, This morning, I've lit my little uh, wood-burning stove for the first time this um, this season. So, these changes are upon us in terms of um, uh, the weather and uh, the progress of the the year. So we're now two thirds of the way through the rains retreat, the Vasa period, and uh, one more month to go. One of the customs that we have uh, at the end of the rains retreat, and when people uh, say who've been living together for a period of three months, and we start to go our separate ways, people go off to live in different monasteries, different places. There's a a, a little ceremony that we have called asking for forgiveness. We have it other times as well. Say at the end of a. Of a, the retreats that we have at the retreat center, um, or the end of the the uh, the winter uh, retreat, three months period together, and this is a, a form uh, established in uh, in the time of the Lord Buddha, whereby those uh, people who've been living together for a period, uh, they uh, offer the opportunity to. Um, Uh, recognize anything that has been done uh, that's by body, speech, or mind that uh, in, was harmful, either done or said intentionally or unintentionally, uh, that was hurtful. To uh, ask for forgiveness for that, uh, for having caused pain or difficulty to others, and then uh, for that to be uh, forgiven. So it's a, a ritual form, and uh, the way that it's expressed by body, speech, or mind. Whatever I have done um, uh, that has been uh, of uh, offense or painful, I ask for your forgiveness. And then the person who's been spoken to, addressed, um, usually the senior person in the group, they say, "I forgive you, and please forgive me also," because it's recognized that even uh, the the person who's uh, most experienced or with the best of intentions, we can still annoy each other. Uh, we can still cause uh, pain and, and uh, irritation, difficulty, friction. I feel this is a, an extremely skillful uh, tradition, and uh, it's it's a ritual. It's a, a thing that's carried out in terms of our monastic form, our traditions. But it, it's representing a uh, uh, say a skillful psychological uh, transformation, a change of attitude. Uh, And a recognition of what it's like to live in a, a group, uh, a human group, with, uh, with say other people for a period of time, we annoy each other. 
might inspire each other and uh, delight each other with with our, uh, our company, but also when people are together, there's friction. That's that's natural. We don't always agree with each other. We don't always have moods that match each other. We can say things that uh, are offensive or upsetting or, or hurtful. Uh, we can bring up subjects that are painful to other people and not have a clue, not realize at all that we're having that effect. We uh, we don't realize that uh, something is a tender issue, that uh, somebody has experienced a, a, a great loss or that has some major crisis in their life and, and you just crack a joke about the same subject and and haven't haven't any idea uh, how uh, painful or difficult that might be for that other person. So I feel this um, uh, quality of forgiveness uh, and uh, the, our capacity to forgive is, is a very important aspect of training. It's not something that gets talked about a lot. You don't often have meditation retreats on the theme of forgiveness. Um, uh, not even that many Dhamma talks are given on the, the theme of, of forgiveness, but uh, I, I feel it's a very um, important area to bring attention to, and it's one of those, uh, say, a little ceremony, a thing that, that's sort of there in the background, and we uh, we observe it from time to time, but it doesn't get brought front center. But I feel it's 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 not just a sort of tradition because, and we do it because we do it because we do it. There's a there's a reason, a very important. Uh, it's a very important psychological tool that the the Buddha encouraged us to to learn how to use and, and to apply in our way of, of uh, relating with each other, and also to in terms of our own life, our own our own minds. So the, the Buddha was a, a warrior noble. He was a a, a, a katya kshatriya uh, caste member born into a warrior noble caste and so in the in the world of, of war and uh, and warrior nobles and both in asia and also in in europe then if somebody does you wrong somebody insults you or hurts you then you uh, uh you say take revenge you uh you defend your honor and you, if you're insulted or attacked or uh, offended, then you, you attack back. You you uh, you don't let your honor go uh, offended, and you uh, <clears throat> you respond to that uh, anger or that aggression with with further aggression. So that was the, the Buddha's background was uh, was in that that kind of warrior uh, mentality. Uh, if you have ever read the Mahabharata, this ancient Indian epic about uh, the war between the Pandavas and the Kauravas, and there's a lot of this sense of, of honor and uh, and taking revenge and, and seeking, uh, say, to repay uh, the the wrong that's been done to you by by further violence and aggression. So the the Buddha, uh, as a spiritual teacher, he in many respects turned against the that warrior mentality or that, that kind of aggressive, violent means of solving issues. Uh, and he chose the, the path of peace very deliberately and uh, uh, say explicitly. And he developed that through his 45 years of teaching and then the legacy of his teachings that have come down to us today. It's very much a, 
uh, going against that uh, vengeance uh, mentality or that solving uh, solving our issues solving our problems solving our difficulties with with the uh, with the application of, of power and and violence and such like it's even said that uh, the the symbol of the wheel was a symbol of of conquest in india that um, the previous cultures before the the uh, aryan um, uh, what they call the Aryan invasions from the, from the northwest uh, came into India uh, with chariots and and carts and wheeled vehicles that the the previous cultures in India didn't uh, were not uh, uh, didn't use wheeled vehicles they didn't have the wheel so that the the wheel became a symbol of the, the conquering tribes uh, invading India from from the northwest and. Uh, so that was the symbol of of conquest, and so that you had this image of the the the, um, the wheel as a uh, a sort of warlike symbol, and the Buddha it seems very deliberately chose the wheel as a symbol for the teaching, the Dhamma chakra, <laughs> the uh, the wheel of Dhamma rather than the wheel of conquest, uh, the wheel uh, that represents war and being uh, overtaken by a, a stronger power. He turned the symbol around completely and made, and made the, the, the wheel the symbol of peace and the symbol of, of liberation, the, spirit, uh, the symbol of spiritual maturity and uh, uh, say full, spiritual fulfillment. In uh, one of the verses of the Dhammapada, uh, when the, um, probably the most famous of the Buddha's collections of teachings, uh, yeah, he he uh, says, I can't quote the Pali, I'm sure Ajahn Vinita could, but <laughs> I can't quote the Pali, but he says something, uh, 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 one, who, um, uh, one who responds uh, to anger with, with, uh, with love, with forgiveness, rather than with more anger, they, they win a battle that is hard to win. Is that correct, Ajahn? Close enough? <laughs> Yeah, that uh, if we when, we, we, when we receive aggression, when somebody is, is cruel to us or we are, uh, say, uh, attacked verbally or, or, uh, or physically, yeah, or we, we experience uh, aggression or friction, uh, if we uh, respond to that with, with attacking back, with, with, um, with argument, with, with further violence, then we've brought into that that uh, aggressive mentality but as the buddha says in that little that little verse you know one who responds to to aggression to violence to anger with with love with forgiveness they they win a battle that is hard to win so he's still talking about battles <laughs> he still had the conditioning of a of a soldier uh, but it's a uh, that, that winning the battle over greed hatred and delusion winning the battle over ignorance but it's hard for us to do, isn't it? When, when somebody is cruel to us, when we, we meet with someone's uh, aggression or their deceit, they're taking advantage of us, they're looking down on us, they're insulting to us, then we feel resentment, we feel negativity, we feel uh, hurt and sort of fear and, and anger. So we, we want to defend ourselves or attack back and to, um, to uh, say, to feel resentment negativity uh, anger uh, uh, it seems very justified it seems like a justified hatred a justified um, uh, anger 
or what they call righteous indignation, uh, that it, it seems uh, appropriate to uh, to attack back and to to um, say let the other person uh, uh, say, receive your uh, your own aggression in return to 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 fight back, and that's that's natural enough. This is a a, 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 a very familiar kind of human response. But the Buddha points out to us that we can do better than that. We don't. We don't have to simply meet anger with anger. We don't, if we are insulted, we don't have to insult back. If we are uh, mistreated, we don't have to mistreat others. We just. If we do, then we just compound that um, that hurt. And in the in the stories you have in the Dhammapada commentary, you have uh, people sort of. Uh, Attacking each other and killing each other, you know, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, keep being re- reborn and meeting each other and having further arguments and and uh, and murdering each other, life after life after life after life, never coming to an end. Hatred never ends through hatred; it's only through love that hatred comes to an end. Well, there's a, a particular teaching, a story that uh, is told in the. Um, in the Sangyutta Nikaya, um, about a, a particular Brahmin called Akosaka Bharadvaja. And uh, if, in the story, it recounts how this uh, this Brahmin was a, a well-to-do uh, uh, citizen, he was a prominent citizen, and uh, he was very upset with the Buddha um, spreading his teaching through the society, and he thought this was a... a, a, a a bad influence. It was causing people from noble families, from the warrior nobles and the Brahmins, to to give up their their kind of quote unquote proper lives as householders and as people of property and uh, uh, upright citizens of society to to be giving that up and shaving their heads and walking through the streets, living on alms food. And uh, uh, and he saw this as degrading or inappropriate. And giving up the caste system was was against. Everything that he felt was was good and proper and right. So there's that kind of theme. He's up, upset with the Buddha and, and his teaching, and so uh, he uh, meeting the the Buddha in uh, in the street when the Buddha, I believe, the Buddha was on his arms round, if I'm remembering correctly, and Akosaka Bharadvaja, which lit, the, which name translates as Bharadvaja the abusive. That was his that was his nickname. <laughs> Bharadvaja, the abusive Akosaka Bharadvaja, and so he stopped the Buddha and uh, and uh, verbally uh, attacked him and criticized him and blamed him and, yeah, for being a, a bad influence in society. And then the Buddha very calmly uh, uh, spoke to him and said, uh, "Bharadvaja, can I ask you a question?" He said, "Yes." So, so uh, is it the case that? Um, uh, you as a householder, uh, from time to time, have friends or family who come to visit you. He said, well, of course I do. I'm an ordinary householder. You know, of course I have family, friends come to visit me all the time. And then uh, the Buddha said, so uh, if uh, you have family or friends come to visit, is it the case that you might offer them some refreshments, some food or drink or, or things to make them feel comfortable? He said, well, of course I do. You know, of course he had a very English accent. <laughs> well, of course I do. Yeah. Any decent person would do that, and uh, so the the uh, the Buddha then said, "So if you have family or friends who come to visit and you offer them some food or drink, 
and they decline that then they're, they're not thirsty or hungry and so then they they don't accept the the food or drink that you offer to whom does that food and drink belong he said, well, it belongs to me of course because they haven't accepted it so it's mine the buddha then very very calmly said bharadvaja you offer me your anger but i don't accept it therefore it belongs to you so uh, to cut a long story short uh, Kosaka Bharadvaja was very impressed by that response, <laughs> didn't really have a way of answering it. And uh, the, the Buddha saying, yeah, it, it's, it, it's your issue. Uh, you know, the anger belongs to you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not picking it up. I'm not, uh, say, I'm not responding to your anger with, with, with further anger. Yeah? You, you've created it. You're the owner of it. it it's yours. <laughs> it belongs to you. Uh, so that it's like offering anger, offering that that mood, offering that attitude, then it's uh, uh, it's up to us whether we accept it, whether we, we whether we respond in kind, or whether we respond differently. And the Buddha wasn't intimidated; he didn't just sort of uh, uh, criticize him or push him, push him away, but very he, he very patiently and calmly engaged, and, and uh, uh, it was open to, to talking with him and relating to him in a polite and respectful manner. And it, as the story goes, then Bharadvaja was, was quite impressed by this and eventually became a, a disciple of the Buddha and became an arahant. And even after he was an arahant, he was still known as a kosaka. So he was the, the, uh, the arahant who was called, the, his nickname was still the abusive one. <laughs> a kosaka Bharadvaja, the abusive, so the, uh, the abusive arahant. So our names stick with us somehow, but regardless of what changes might go on. But I feel that's a very important story. It paints a very, a very significant picture um, that uh, even when we're we're insulted or our feelings are hurt or we're, we're mistreated, misrepresented, misunderstood, uh, we don't have to come from that place of resentment, of grudge. Uh, but uh, we can instead we can we can be bigger than that. We can we can have a heart which is more accommodating, more expansive, uh, which can not just react, but rather can can uh, can recognize. Or oh, this this uh, this person is they're in in a state uh, that is confused. They're they're t- uh, taken up with their own opinions, their own emotions, their own point of view. That's what's coloring. The, the the words they're using that's the that's the what's forming their their attitude, and uh, that's uh, it's unfortunate, it's painful that they they speak in such an ugly or aggressive or harmful way, such a cruel way. They treat other people so so badly, but uh, uh, I don't have to do the same. I don't have to to act in a similar way. Uh, we can break the cycle. We can uh, not uh, continue that. So that uh, that capacity that we have to say uh, recognize what what uh, the uh, the the harm is that somebody has done in their speech or their action, but to uh, to not say react blindly to it, but rather to to receive it, to know it, and to to respond in a way that comes from from kindness, from compassion, from wisdom. From a, a, a fundamental attunement, a mindful attunement to the time, the, the place, and the situation. 
So when we have this little ceremony of asking for forgiveness, um, then that is, is asking us to call upon that, that say, that heart of of understanding, that heart of compassion, that heart of, of kindness, rather than than reacting or, or say dwelling upon the, the the negative things. We might have that feeling of I'm never going to forgive you, or you know that uh, this is. Uh, you you uh, you spoke to me in such a horrible way. You you embarrassed me in front of everybody. You were really insulting. You were cruel. You were selfish. And I'm never going to forgive you. You know I, I hate you. I'm going to hate you forever. That's unforgivable. And we might have that feeling. And it's kind of interesting when we do the ceremony. Sometimes when uh, you, they say, "Please forgive me," whatever I have done, my body, speech, or mind, um, uh, intentionally or unintentionally, I ask you to ask for you to forgive me. And then they, uh, the, the other person says, oh, well, I forgive you and please forgive me also. It, as you're going through that ceremony, you might notice that your mind is doing a little bit of editing, saying, well, I'll forgive a certain number of things, but that, <laughs> what you said to me last month, yeah, that I'm, that I'm still carrying around. <laughs> that, one, uh, that one I'm not ready to let go of yet. And, uh, but it's interesting, it's, and it's helpful to see when you carry out that ceremony, that what can pop into the mind are those grudges, those that that, that what is called patika, that sense of uh, resentment and negativity, that that in the heart which says, "Well, you know, I can forgive most things, but not that <laughs> what you said then or what you did then, or, or that was so hurtful, so awful. I'm still hanging on to that one." So that's helpful just to see what the what we're not able to let go of, what the heart says. I can't let go of that one yet. I can't forgive that one yet. I can't. I, I can't drop that one, because at least we know that uh, that is something that is is a, a place of, of attachment. as a place uh, of grasping. And one of the most helpful teachings of Lumpur Cha that um, uh, I quote often, and I feel it's one of the, it's just one of his brief but extremely significant statements, is where he says fifty to seventy percent of the practice is knowing that you should let go and not being able to. Which is either very comforting <laughs> or very depressing. But, uh, but uh, I feel it's, it's very helpful because the, the mind that says, you know, I really should let go, I really, I, I, this is really stupid, carrying this around. Um, you know, that happened 10 years ago or 30 years ago. Uh, Something the, the the voice that's saying this is really stupid carrying this around. It's not the same member of the committee of the inner committee that's saying nope, <laughs> can't let go yet. No, I'm still going to hang on to that one. It's a different part of our, our mind, a different part of our, our psyche uh, that is the one that's saying it's wise to let go, and the other one says nope, not yet. <laughs> it's a different part of our. our, our our being, our mind. So, recognizing that, and uh, not feeling self hatred or or, um, or self criticism, negativity, because that that somehow that can't be let go of yet. At least uh, there can be the recognition. Oh, the mind is hanging on to this. It's it's building a a a, a negativity. There's a story there that the mind is is stuck on. It's it's identified with that. It's it's grasping that, to at least know that, 
It's like knowing you've got an illness. Okay, at least I know that's the infection. It needs to be dealt with. And knowing it's there doesn't cure it, but I know the infection is there. I know that that thing needs treating, that, that, uh, that injury needs to be attended to, but it's not healed yet. So just to be able to see where we're still hanging on is really powerful and important. One of the, the aspects of, of forgiveness is that when this, this comes up, and it's, it's often the people who are closest to us, the ones that we were most, the most important to us, our, our parents or our partners, our, our siblings or our children, or, and particularly partners, marriage partners, you know, that uh, it's a well-known fact, you know, may, may all beings be happy except her. <laughs> You know, the person that, that you walked down the aisle of the church with becomes the one that uh, is unforgivably awful and can't uh, can't be dropped. You know, that the, the one that you were closest to and you gave your heart to then became the one that is the most painful. And that, it's not just with marriage partners; also it can be with your teachers, your ajans, your, the, uh, the the one that uh, you had most hope for and most was most inspired by, but it can also be the one that let you down most drastically, completely. So. Uh, in this process of uh, of uh, forgiveness, it, again, uh, or when we say uh, practicing loving kindness, to to notice the the, um, the those beings that we feel I, I can't love that being, I can't wish that being well, because even where where there is that sort of tightening of the heart and a sense of resentment or or, or um, aversion seems to be solid and, and, and fixed, just to be able to know that. Like many, many years ago when uh, Lumpur Sumato was uh, teaching uh, uh, retreats on a regular basis here at Amravati, uh, it was during the Margaret Thatcher era, and he, when, when he would be doing uh, guided meditation on loving-kindness, he would always make, well, not always, but regularly, he would mention Margaret Thatcher as, may all beings be happy. You know, may all the... The, the mayor of the local town be happy. May the the, uh, the 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 queen and the, the royal family be happy. May Margaret Thatcher be happy. And then he would sort of take note of a certain <laughs> the sound of a sharp intake of breath around the room. <laughs> you know, and it was quite common. You know, she she was someone who people loved to hate <laughs> or would have a reasonable a reasonable aversion to. But uh, Lumpur would always make sure to. To in, in, include her as a you know, object of, of loving kindness, because even if people felt aversion, uh, then to be able to be aware that you you know that there's this fees, a feeling of reasonable hatred. And when I was uh, uh, te- living in the United States and, and doing a lot of uh, teaching there, giving dhamma talks and leading retreats and so on, then uh, George W. Bush was also uh, equally unpopular. <laughs> Amongst the kind of people who come on Buddhist meditation retreats, anyway, you know, it's a it's a self-selecting group. <laughs> if you, so that uh, uh, that was in the same way, there would be an automatic within that group of people. There would be a kind of a, a, an automatic negativity. Oh, this person's a fool. They're an idiot. Grumble, grumble, grumble. But uh, and it would be forgotten. This is a, another living being who has parents, who has children, who has a heart, who has uh, has. Uh, as a body has has feelings and is another living being we share this life with and that at this moment they happen to be in that role but we can see that they are only this thing that is 
uh, at that moment seemingly worthy of, of hatred. And uh, I used to uh, make a, an exercise for people because in, in America, George W. Bush, he was just known as W. Because he, his, his, his father was also called George Bush. Um, and so the son was called W because that was his middle initial. So George W. Bush became W. And so I would say just uh, meditate on the letter W. Yeah, it used to be just the letter between uh, you know, uh, the um, when you get to the end of the alphabet, had V and then W and then X. It was just the letter between V and X. It was just an innocent letter of the alphabet. But during that era, just to say the word W or W, <gasps> there'll be this uh, aversive reaction amongst the, the group of people. And to, to be able to recognize how that the mind can be sort of selective in that way and just say it's, it's reasonable to hate that being or aversion is appropriate <laughs> reasonable hatred and uh, and so that in this this practice of, of forgiveness and loving kindness uh, this kind you're not condoning everything that those people do you're not saying that in order to to have in order to forgive or to have loving kindness for another being, you have to approve of everything that they do. You know, someone who's physically harmed you, or who's you know robbed you, or um, uh, caused great emotional pain to to you or your family or to the, your society. That, that you're not pretending that 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 harm hasn't been done, but rather you're not just defining that being solely by those actions, so that. Uh, in a sense, you can say, I, I, I love you, I forgive you, and uh, I completely oppose your policies. <laughs> or that the, the actions that you took were, were harmful and cruel, but I refuse to hate you. I refuse to carry around resentment and negativity on that account. So I feel in this, the, the practice of forgiveness and loving kindness, approaching it in this way, again, as Lumpur Sumaita would say over and over again, that accepting something, accepting somebody is not approving of everything that they do. Uh, having loving kindness for a being doesn't mean that you uh, you uh, go along with with all of their attitudes, uh, and so that uh, or they or agreeing with their, their actions as being something good. And so that uh, I feel that it's that's a, an important place to find in our heart where we can genuinely and sincerely, without any kind of uh, hypocrisy or, or um, false thinking, just to say, yes, I love you completely, and no, I don't agree with your opinions. <laughs> that we can, uh, and even though the people that we live with, uh, people in our community or our families or in the world, they might have the idea that if you loved me, you would agree with my opinions, or if you don't agree with me, you therefore you hate me. I feel in terms of our our own. Uh, our own honesty, our own spiritual um, well-being, and uh, our own liberation. It's important to recognize, no, I, I have no negativity towards you, but I don't agree with your opinions. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, I, 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 uh, I love you, uh, and I uh, have no negativity towards you, but I will do my best to oppose your policies. Yeah. And so that this, would, this comes up a lot in terms of social action, or people say, engaging in local issues in terms of uh, 
things that are concerning a, a particular village or a town or a district or a country that people feel, well, I should be peaceful. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be. Um, uh, I shouldn't be getting angry. I shouldn't. Um, I, I'm trying to be a Buddhist. I shouldn't get involved. So over and over again, it's, uh, I would say it's not a matter of not getting involved. Uh, if we see there's some way that we can help and some some work that can be done that can be of benefit to others, um, and it happens to uh, to be uh, uh, annoying to some other group in the society, that's okay. You don't have to have hatred towards the people that you're working against you say if you if someone's a property developer and they want to build a, a housing estate you know uh, right uh, across the the you know, filling the fields across from your your home with with a, a housing estate it's not uh, an act of hatred to to get up in a meeting and say i don't think it's a good idea <laughs> you can do that with, with 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 respectfulness with kindness with a heart Full of, of uh, wholesome qualities, and still speak strongly and and uh, uh, with with uh, strength and commitment uh, about how you think it's not a good idea. So when we speak about uh, forgiveness, or we speak about uh, having loving kindness, uh, this principle that you know, acceptance is, uh, and forgiveness doesn't mean approving of everything, but it means not carrying around hatred not carrying around aversion in the heart. But when we, we chant the, the verses of sharing and aspiration, the, the sharing of blessings, then in the words of that, when you, it was, I, I remember when this was first translated in, into English, I, I hadn't really quite uh, so fully comprehended the meaning of it, but when we first uh, started chanting it in, in English a, a number of years ago, it really struck me how you're consciously sharing the blessings of your life with those who are friendly, indifferent, and hostile. You're sharing the, your good karma with people who hate you. <laughs> uh, may, though, uh, the, 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 may the highest gods and evil forces. You know, so you're sharing the, the, the good karma that you make with Mara, with, with the, the devils and demons and those filled with hatred. And so, you know, at least in, in terms of our mythology. And uh, so uh, sometimes that can be a bit shocking. I don't want them to. I don't want to share my good karma with the, with those people, <laughs> because uh, it feels can be can be feel like well to to wish them well, people who are harmful and destructive and selfish and cruel. That uh, to wish them well means that you're somehow agreeing with what they do or condoning uh, the, their actions, but this principle of forgiveness and, and loving kindness, I feel it's. You know, it's it's an uh, uh, important thing to to get it clear. You can you can have loving kindness. Uh, you can share the good karma of your life with with all of the the, the people who've had incredible uh, destructive effects on the the planet. With you know, with uh, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong, you know, Pol Pot, these kind of political leaders who caused the deaths and misery for millions tens of millions of people uh, uh, in the wars of the 20th century in the current times to share the blessings of your life with such beings it doesn't mean that you you agree with what they did but it, it's recognizing more hatred is only going to make things worse more aversion more hatred more contention is only going to make things worse and that uh, 
while we are, say, uh, dedicated towards peace, dedicated towards human understanding, solving our differences through uh, respect and through uh, through dialogue and through through friendly and peaceful, non-destructive means, then it's recognizing that the more that we are able to, say, come from a, an attitude of non-contention, of non-hatred, then the more the 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 uh, say those beings who have operated only from a base of contention and, and violence and and such like, the it it means that and there's uh, they're being reached out to, they're being uh, say uh, presented with a, a different way of operating. So that, uh, as the Buddha said, if you, uh, if it's only through love that hatred is conquered, you know, hatred is never conquered through hatred. Hatred is only ever conquered through love. So conquest is still the, <laughs> uh, the point. Uh, it's still the the uh, the sense of working hard to guide things into a, a, in a beneficial direction. But. So you can work hard, you can speak up, you can engage, you can do your, do your best in your community, in your society, in your, your town, your village, your home, your country. You know, work hard to, to steer things in a, a good direction, but without any kind of aversion, without any kind of contention, without any hatred in the heart. One of the, the, the most compelling images that the Buddha gave with respect to this, uh, which is, uh, he was very he was very gifted. He's a genius at coming up with mem- with memorable, impactful images. With respect to this, uh, the the uh, putting across his dhamma teachings is what he, uh, the picture he painted in this uh, simile of the saw, and uh, the images of having been. Uh, Having been captured by bandits, who are then sawing your body in uh, into pieces with you know, two bandits on the other end of a two-handled saw, now sawing your arms and legs off, uh, so sawing your body apart bit by bit, and the Buddha said, uh, even if you've been captured by bandits and they're sawing your body apart, cutting your body apart with a two-handled saw, um, one who gives rise to uh, uh, to hatred towards the, those people on account of that. Is not following my teaching, so that gets your attention. <laughs> and you were just, uh, uh, yeah, you were annoyed because the person, that ch- so sitting next to you in the chanting is off pitch. Yeah, oh, he's doing it again. Why does he do that? <laughs> or that uh, on the food line, yeah, somebody took the, the the last apple, and you and they know they know that you really like apples, and they took the last one. Yeah. But, uh, we can get really upset with each other over small issues, seemingly small issues. So the Buddha deliberately paints this picture of a, of a situation where it would seem quite reasonable to have a bit of hatred. You know, where you've been not only have you been kidnapped by some people, but they're cutting your arms and legs off, they're torturing you to death in a very painful and miserable way. And so he deliberately takes a, a situation that you'd, it would seem completely reasonable to have some degree of aversion. <laughs> he says, even in a situation like that, well, uh, hatred is not, uh, is, if the heart 
dwells in hatred, then that one is not following his teaching. So even when it's completely justified, seemingly, he said not that uh, uh, and hatred is not is not justified. It's not appropriate. He said, but rather, uh, as you're lying there having your arms and legs sawed off. You should be thinking, I will abide, pervading one quarter with a heart imbued with loving kindness. That's where that the uh, he goes into this uh, description about the the four uh, Brahma Viharas, the four sublime states. That's what you should be thinking as they're cutting your arms and legs off. You know, I will abide, pervading one quarter with a heart imbued with loving kindness, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. So he sets the bar pretty high. This is like sort of Olympic class. Um, High jump. This is sort of setting the bar at at, at uh, two meters to start off with. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a challenge, but the the Buddha was a genius at sort of creating these the, uh, these sort of mental images, these similes that that, that illustrate a, a principle very very clearly, and so that even that those people whose lives have been extraordinarily destructive and cruel and, and causing all kinds of of harm and uh, irreversible damage to other people and to the world. That even then, hatred is not justified. You know, hatred is not appropriate. It doesn't mean that we are, again. It doesn't mean that we're passive or we don't do anything to protect the planet or protect our family or protect the society. But that protection, that work at at uh, doing what is beneficial, is done with a heart uh, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, filled with. With loving kindness, with compassion, with sympathetic joy, with with equanimity, so it's a challenge because you know the, you, you think a bit of hatred would be a little bit of hatred would be appropriate, you know, allowable, just just a teensy bit as they're cutting your arms and legs off. But uh, the Buddha says no. Even in a situation like that, yeah, hatred is 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 always going to be against the path to. Liberation is always going to be conducive to more more harm. So forgiveness, uh, in this respect, it's it's a challenge. But if we can find that heart within us that that carries no resentment, it's a a, a beautiful and uh, delightful, uh, peaceful quality of abiding. That was the sublime abiding. So. Brahma Vihara, the, the divine dwelling place. It's a Vihara, it's a place to dwell. It's a, a, an abiding place. But it's sublime, abundant, exalted, immeasurable. There's a beauty there, there's a, a limitless brightness in the heart when it can say, uh, be established in those qualities. And if that's the way that we relate to those that we live with, the people in our families, in our society, you know, even if their, their their views are completely opposed to ours, even if their actions have been incredibly uh, destructive and painful, then uh, the the degree to which that uh, that quality of of complete forgiveness of of uh, acceptance can be found, then we can work uh, harmoniously with the with the situation. Sometimes it's not others that are uh, are most difficult to forgive. Uh, having said all of that, but uh, for many people, the the most difficult person to forgive for all of the the wrong that's been done is themselves. But, uh, 
we can we can forgive all of the uh, destructive tyrants and and uh, crazy difficult family members, but me, yeah, I'm uh, you know what I've done is unforgivable. Uh, it's uh, I can't let go of that. I can't I can't drop that. And so this is uh, uh, I think for some people, uh, particularly Westerners, this uh, but I think is uh, probably a fairly global. <laughs> global issue that uh, this is uh, often the most challenging to to forgive ourselves for not being perfect to forgive ourselves for having made mistakes for having said stupid things having done stupid cruel and selfish things having caused others harm again we're not pretending that those actions were were beautiful or noble or, or that, that they didn't matter uh, we're acknowledging, yeah, the, the, that which was said was was hurtful. That was I took advantage of that person, or those the, the, those words that I said were cruel. You know, that was hard-hearted. I, I, that was a, 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 a something that was that was greedy, that was dishonest, that was selfish, that was that was unkind. Uh, but again, to to then say, therefore. I should be. Uh, I'm worthy of self-hatred. I, I can never be happy ever again. I can't allow. I, I should never allow, be allowed to be happy, or I should never be allowed to have peace, because what I've done, the way I am, is so awful, so so terrible. That again, I would say that that's something that needs to be looked at. That hardness in the heart that says, you know, I can't be forgiven. I can never allow. I should never be. I can never be happy ever again. I can never. Truly have peace. To to bring that this quality of wise reflection to to bear upon that to shine that light of of wisdom of, uh, of wise reflection upon that that knot in the heart that thing that uh, we've done that uh, that attitude that we have or that quality that's sort of unforgivable or or is uh, is uh, it's got a some kind of intrinsic wrongness to it, and to to challenge that. So, well, is that so? Is that really who and what we are? Yeah. To apply the wisdom teachings that the Buddha uh, gave to us on on anatta you know, to question: Is this me? Is this what I am? Is this myself? Etang mama eso hamasmi eso me ata. Is this really me? Is this mine? Is this who and what I am? Is this a, is this a self? To challenge that. And in that challenging, in that questioning, to to draw upon that quality of the heart that that knows, no, that these things are anatta, they're not self. This is not who and what we are. Not as just as a as an ideal that's sort of overlaid, but as a genuine insight, as a genuine realization that the the heart knows its own what we call original purity, uh, original blessing. That there. The nature of the heart is Dhamma itself, which is uh, intrinsically pure, intrinsically uh, uh, f- uh, liberated, free. Uh, is this is the the fundamental nature of of the heart, the jitta itself, that uh, at its uh, at its foundation, in its very essence, in its very fabric, it is it's it is Dhamma itself, and so how could that? Be somehow corrupt or impure or imperfect. So uh, and so in the Buddhist tradition, we talk about uh, 
well, as the king of Thailand did many years ago in a famous interview with the BBC, he said, we, we think of things in terms of original purity rather than original sin. That the original purity of, of the heart is the, the Dhamma itself, which is uh, a transcendent, which is uh, completely uh, pure, which is, uh, say, has a timeless and uh, intrinsically liberated quality to it. This is the, the heart's own nature. So when we look at our own life, our own actions, our own attitudes, and uh, we feel criticism, uh, it's not a, a matter of, of saying, I never did anything wrong, everything I did is good, and you know, if you don't like it, get over it. <laughs> but rather, uh, as we do in this, uh, in this um, ceremony of asking for forgiveness, there, there are things that we've done, uh, whether we know about it or not, that have, that have been uh, selfish, have been cruel, have been greedy, have been dishonest. Yes, but uh, and, uh, acknowledging that, say, yeah, those, those actions, uh, uh, those attitudes uh, are that way. They're, they're unskillful, they're unhelpful, unwholesome. But also that's not who and what we are. That's not the, the fundamental reality. And by accepting those uh, and acknowledging those shortcomings, those, those wrongdoings, then we're able to uh, awaken and truly realize the Dhamma itself. As the, the Buddha said over and over again, to, to recognize one's transgressions as such and to make uh, and to uh, intend, to set the intention to do better in the future, this is called development, this is called furtherance in his in his teaching in his dhamma and discipline so we recognize yeah that was poorly done that was not beautiful that was not skillful uh okay duly noted that's the that's uh, painful to remember that yes and let that pain be something that helps the mind to to say not go in that direction again in the future we forgive let go carry on and this is the in a sense the 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 theme of training in the Buddha Sasana. This is what the Buddha said is called furtherance or development in the in his teaching, to recognize those wrongdoings of our, of our own or others as such, to endeavor to do better in the future, and uh, to uh, to to be able to uh, say acknowledge that uh, this is not who and what we are. That this is not how we have to define our own nature, but rather that the the mind is dhamma itself, the, the jitta, the heart is dhamma. It's not a person, not an I, not a self, or, or belonging to a self. Uh, the mind is not a person. The mind is dhamma itself. So I offer these thoughts for consideration this evening. <laughs>